Ladies and gentlemen, begun the fast food wars have. In response to the triumphant return of Taco Bell's Mexican pizza, Pizza Hut is premiering a new item on their menu, the Italian taco. Now, I will admit, reading that headline, I was pretty interested. What delicious ingredients could possibly combine the Italian food and the Mexican taco into one little salacious marriage? And then, of course, my heart was shattered. Why? Well, it's just a slice of pizza. And then you can just kind of fold it in half and it's kind of a taco. Now, you might be disappointed by that, but I like pizza, so not, not that much. But a representative from Pizza Hut said this, feast your eyes and mouths on a hand-tossed taco shell stuffed with classic marinara sauce, mouth-watering melted mozzarella cheese, and whichever fillings you choose, from pepperoni to jalapenos. Even though moments later they admitted the whole thing is just a slice of pizza folded like a taco. And this is kind of a dig at Taco Bell and their Mexican pizza, which some say are basically just taking a glorified tostada and that's guilty of pizza appropriation. I will leave that debate to the philosophers. But the representative went on to say, the best part, this nearly unbelievable innovation will never run out. The Italian taco has been here and will be here forever. It's a low blow from Pizza Hut because Taco Bell, well, they can't seem to keep their Mexican pizza in stock, even though they've required uh, and said finally that they're, it's returning to their menus for good. Please, God, let it be so. Maybe Taco Bell's pizza, I don't know, is really just a tostada cosplaying as something it's not. I don't know. It's okay. It's still delicious. I don't care what it is. Taylor Swift isn't a great musician or really anything close to it, but I still enjoy watching her. Sydney Sweeney isn't a great actress, but I still enjoy watching her. Danica Patrick isn't a great race car driver, but I probably I'm starting to see a pattern here, but you get the point. Choose your side, America. Will you support the delicious, potentially culturally appropriative Taco Bell Mexican pizza? Or, I'm excited, I know I will, or will you let your inner cynic run loose and fight for the sarcastic Italian taco, which again is just a slice of pizza? Choose wisely, but don't forget in the end, it doesn't matter at all because both franchises are owned by the same parent company. So this is all just marketing BS, which I am completely happy to fall for. Stu does America. BlazeTV.com slash Stu is where you subscribe to Blaze TV. Make sure if you're watching this thing on YouTube, if you're doing that, we appreciate it. Click like right now and make sure you follow the show as well. We'll be digging a little bit deeper into Joe Biden's 60 Minutes interview a little bit later on today. Uh, Don Lemon, he claims he has not been demoted at CNN. And we totally, totally believe him because he's very trustworthy. But we start by doing the real America. Yes, it was once a Glenn Beck book that he wrote on a bus. I was there for the entire thing. And he just wrote the whole thing on a bus, on one long bus road as we, trip as we were going across roads across America, going from stadium to stadium for event after event. And it was his first book. And he was happy that we were happy that it even showed up in the New York Times bestseller list. This is before, like every book he writes, went to number one. And it was called The Real America. And the left hated that phrase. They hated it. They hate it to this day. The Real America. What are you saying? What are you saying about other people that you don't include as the Real America? Are you saying that people who look different than you are not real Americans? And, you know, the good thing about that is the... That question was answered about 100,000 times within the book. If you happen to read it, you'd know that that's not at all, of course, what we're talking about. There is a spirit of America, though, right? There is something, a foundational set of principles, a set of ideas that we all, I thought, kind of agreed on. And now that's gone away. And sometimes I feel like 
we focus a lot on the craziness that's out there, the stuff that we see that is just out in the middle of, I mean, it's just bonkers. And we don't actually know whether that's reality or is that just some, you know, function of social media and the digital media age where we focus on every little story. Like, for example, yesterday, we have known about this 20 years ago. Yesterday, we showed you a picture of a shop teacher in Canada. And there she is. Um, I, you know, saying she is, is really a stretch, but it's a, it's a dude with, with fake boobs. And I don't mean like fake boobs, like, oh, it's a guy who got surgery and now is a woman. Well, he's identifying, I guess, as a woman with a really bad wig. And boobs the size of, like, the largest watermelon you've ever had at a, a picnic. Like, it's, the, I mean, it's completely absurd with giant protruding nipples that we've blacked out. For some reason, we are blacking it out, but they don't black it out in the actual class for children. Now, is this a real story? Yes. I, I will say when I saw the picture, I did not think it was a real story. I thought it was a joke or a fake or something from the Babylon Bee. But no, it's a real story. It's really happening in Canada. We talked to Brian Lilly about it yesterday. But is it the real America? That one in particular happened to be the real Canada. But the real America, is it really what's going on in America? Sometimes I think we focus on this stuff and we don't know what people around us are like. Like, do people really think that's rational? We understand there are sometimes difficult lines. People are uh, different strokes for different folks. And sometimes melding that into a, an overall civilization can be a little, a little sticky. But is that really where the line is? What do people want? Do people want their kids, uh, you know, in second grade, taught about uh, you know, sexual uh, things by their public school teachers? Is that what people want? Certainly everybody on MSNBC seems to want it. Everybody who's in the Democratic Party and in power seems to want it. What about average people? What do they want? Let me give you some examples of this today. So we don't get lost in this sort of media-created America, and we understand what the real America is. Let me give you some examples of this. Um, this is a new poll out. This is from uh, New York Times and Siena. And it asked a bunch of questions, but I want to focus on one in particular because it's been a hot topic as of late. School education. Remember the don't say gay bill? We're going to get into that a little bit here. But the idea was, okay, if you're kindergarten to third grade, you should not have, I don't know, uh, explicit sexual content being taught to you. It's not time for sex ed. It's not time for every little nuance of sexual relationships of adults. That's, that's something that happens a little later on. They can, that could be later on. This is just, we're just going to limit not kindergarten to third. And that, of course, somehow turned into the don't say gay bill, which, of course, it had nothing to do with the don't say gay bill. But the New York Times and Siena actually asked the question, hey, like, are you OK with the policy, the real policy, not the don't say gay bill, which wasn't even real, but like what the actual policy? And for some reason, they went, they didn't actually ask the question about the specific policy. They broadened it. Now, you can come to your own conclusions as to why they brought into the policy. But what they asked was, do you support or oppose allowing public school teachers to apply to provide classroom instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity to children in elementary school? Now, before I give you the full answer here, I guess you can see it on the screen if you happen to be watching. But podcasters, you don't even know what the answer is. So I'm going to tell you here in a second. 
I want to just highlight the fact that they, what they said elementary school was was first to fifth grade. Now, that's a fair summary, I guess, of elementary school, middle school, sixth to eighth, right? So first to fifth. They didn't include kindergarten for whatever reason. But the, the policy was about kindergarten to third grade. So I don't know why they said first to fifth. If anything, you'd say you think you get a higher result from that particular question because maybe some people would say man maybe fifth graders are more okay i'm okay with fifth graders hearing about it but not uh third or second graders so you might get this might be a little high as it would relate to the policy in florida particularly but this was more of a generalized question and the support number for this nationwide all groups 27 percent of americans said yeah i want first to fifth graders to get gender or uh, gender identity and sexual orientation uh, classes in their elementary school. 27% oppose support, 70% oppose. Does that, does that feel like the f- coverage you've seen? I mean, maybe if you were to listen to The Blaze or watch The Blaze or uh, watch maybe, I don't even know, maybe Fox News, maybe some conservative outlets, you'd feel like, okay, 70% of people really support this. But when you look at the mainstream media coverage, you'd think it was the opposite. You'd think 70% of people uh, support it and a crazy 27% of hate mongers oppose it. But no, it's the other way around. Only 27% of people support that policy, a policy we're told is dividing the nation. Well, it's one of the most uh, unpopular policies there is. People aren't divided over it. Almost everybody hates it. Everybody hates kids getting taught all these sexual things, and that's obvious. I think almost everybody understands that is disliked by Americans. But let's dig a little deeper here. Do you support or oppose public school teachers providing classroom instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity to children in elementary school? Do you strongly support it, somewhat support it, somewhat oppose it, or strongly oppose it? Well, 13% strongly oppose it. Another 14 somewhat support it. Only 12% somewhat oppose it. And 58% strongly oppose it. The majority, by a decent margin, not only oppose it, but strongly oppose it. And you might say, well, that's because, uh, you know, it's really Democrats. Democrats are the ones. You know, maybe some uh, Republicans obviously uh, don't support a policy like that, but Democrats do. Do they, though? I mean, a little bit they do. Let's break it down by party. Democrats have about a 53 percent support. For this policy, this policy that that everyone said was you're a hate monger if if you uh, if you oppose it. Only 53 percent of Democrats supported it. Forty two percent opposed it for Republicans. Only three percent supported it and 96 percent opposed it. What about independence, though? What about independence? Twenty six percent support. Seventy one percent oppose. This is not a close call, boys and girls. This is something that is overwhelmingly opposed by the American people. That's the real America. The real America hates these policies. The real America thinks it's crazy to think that that kids that young should get this type of education. Yet you turn on any mainstream news broadcast, you turn on MSNBC, certainly they're going to be berating anybody who disagrees with it as a hate monger uh, who just doesn't like people different than them. And that's just not the truth. People just are saying, well, let's just do stuff that's age appropriate. That's all. Just make it age appropriate. In fact, that's exactly the term the Florida law used. Um, Let me ask you, uh, let me show you another poll. This is about what people believe, because 
The media hits you with this stuff. They tell you all of these lies about these policies. They overwhelmingly beat you over the head with insinuations and tilting of the news and straight out lies. And this has an effect on people. People start to believe that the lies from the left are true. And you'll be surprised by the numbers. They, uh, a group, uh, WPA, asked a, a bunch of questions, and they said their, their, their concept was basically misinformation, not a one-way street. You know, yeah, sometimes conservatives have the wrong impression over big events that have happened. It does occur, but how come no one ever cares about when the left has those same mistaken impressions? They said, hey, uh, has Florida banned the word gay in all public schools that don't say gay bill? Has that happened? Well, 67% of Democrats believe that's true, that they banned the word gay. This has nothing to do with the truth. 68% of liberals believe they banned the word gay in public schools. 62% of CNN viewers believe it. 67% of MSNBC viewers believe it. And college-educated Democratic women, the women we're told are so incredibly smart. They went to college. They're the ones that got the, they, they're the ones that were responsible for Joe Biden winning. 74% of college-educated Democratic women believe that Florida banned the word gay in public schools with the don't say gay bill, even though none of that happened. Isn't that incredible? Three quarters, three quarters. Okay, here's another one. Does Florida now require university professors and students to register their political views with the state? This was a viral tweet on the left that claimed this was true. Well, 35% of Democrats believe it. 33% of liberals, 44% of college-educated white Democratic women, 41% of MSNBC viewers, and 39% of white Democratic women. This wasn't even the main narrative of the Florida story. This was just a viral tweet. You have almost half of Democrats believing that it's true. How about now that Roe versus Wade is overturned? The Supreme Court has declared that abortion is illegal in the United States. Is Is that what happened? Well, 52% of Democrats said, yes, that was true. It is, of course, not true. 45% of liberals said it's true. It is, of course, not true. 51% of white Democratic women said that was true. It is, of course, not true. 46% of MSNBC viewers said it was true. It is, of course, not true. And 54% of college-educated Democratic women said, yes, Uh, Abortion is illegal in the United States. That is true. Of course, the reality is that is not true. Incredible. I mean, these are not tiny percentages. Every once in a while, back in the day, back in the Obama administration, they would run a poll and they'd say, "Um, we asked if Republicans thought that Barack Obama was uh, born in Kenya. And, uh, you know, of course, there would be 20 percent of Republicans or 30 percent of Republicans who would say, yeah, he was. And every time they did that poll, it was always a story. Now, of course, this story helped Barack Obama because he was able to claim that everyone was super unfair to him. Uh, So, you know, that was kind of their shtick throughout the entire era. But the bottom line here was whenever you have a political poll and there's an opponent involved, you're going to have some part of the opposition party saying the bad thing about their political opponent. That's pretty natural in polls. But these are 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 percent in some cases. How about this one? Remember, we're told about how the evil Republicans keep claiming the 2020 election was stolen. Can you believe they're doing that? 
Well, they decided to ask about the 2016 election. Was the 2016 election stolen by Vladimir Putin and the Russians? 45% of Democrats said yes. 42% of liberals, 40% of white Democratic women, 47% of MSNBC viewers, and 41% of college-educated Democratic women. 47% of MSNBC viewers. No surprise, that's the highest one. Why would it be the highest one? Well, they've basically been told for the past six years that it's true. So no surprise that a lot of people believe that it's pretty much true. Vladimir Putin came in with his uh, screwdriver, started turning some knobs behind the voting machines, and that's what put Donald Trump in office. Finally, they did this one as well, which is pretty interesting. Data shows that Hispanic voters are increasingly voting Republican. Of those who are doing so, why do you think that is? Well, um, what what was their answer? Disinformation. Overwhelmingly, they said it's just because Republicans are lying. It's not because Republicans are, or excuse me, Latinos are making up their own minds. It's not because they've said, well, I don't like the policies of the Democrats. It's not because they have their own brains and can operate them. No, no. They're just victims of evil Republican misinformation. You see the pattern here over and over and over and over again. The media can lie constantly about all sorts of things and convince people all across the spectrum that their chosen propaganda is true. And really nobody ever reacts. Very rarely do you see polling like this. Very rarely do the Democrats ever have to account for their wild series of conspiracy theories that they support. And they do. You know, there was a time right after 9-11 when George Bush was president that over half of of Democrats believed that it was an inside job that George W. Bush was involved in. Like this is... You know, remember all the criticism of Alex Jones recently? Well, that's how you know who Alex Jones is, because he was the father of the 9-11 conspiracy theorist, which uh, theories, which was overwhelmingly supported by Democrats at the time, not Republicans, not a conservative theory. It was a Democratic theory and it was widely embraced and, and hinted at and dog whistled all the time at places like MSNBC. Why do you think it got all the support? The bottom line here is that the real America is uh, An America that sometimes gets things wrong. Sometimes people are screwed up. But the common sense that was, you know, going back to the days of Thomas Paine is still here. It's still alive. It's barely alive. It's a puppy that's been kicked over and over and over again, but it's still curled up and it's still breathing and it still gets up every once in a while to go to the bathroom or have some water. It's still kicking. Barely, but it's still kicking. The common sense of America, the real America, is something that lets people understand without really needing a whole bunch of additional information that teaching all sorts of advanced sexual concepts to kindergartners is just a bad idea. It's not age appropriate and therefore we shouldn't do it in public schools. That seems to be obvious to almost everybody except the people you see on TV all the time. And until we actually understand that and awaken to the fact that, hey, we're not alone, as Glenn used to say, we surround them. It's something that we should understand. There are still people out there that are sane, even though they don't seem to ever be on Twitter. Gear up for fall with Bespoke Post and their new seasonal lineup of must-have Box of Awesome collections. Guess what showed up for me the other day? Hmm. I don't know if it showed up for you. Showed up for me. An incredible margarita kit. Mm -hmm. Now I've got a margarita kit 
at my house. How about an incredible axe? I've got an axe at my house, an awesome axe. I've got a couple of travel bags that I've received from Bespoke Post and my boxes of awesome. The box of awesome is really cool because every single month you get something great from an emerging brand that brings you the most unique goods every single uh, month from across all sorts of different categories. No matter what you have going on this season, Box of Awesome has you covered from camping gear essentials to travel must-haves to autumn cocktail kits like mine. Box of Awesome has everything you need for fall. To get started, get the uh, quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. Each box is valued at around $70, but you only pay a fraction of that price. And uh, look, Box of Awesome is great. They're sporting small business, and 90% of everything that comes in your Box of Awesome is from a small up-and-coming brand. I just had a thought that maybe, maybe Box of Awesome kept seeing my power hours, and that's why they sent me alcohol. Hmm. Okay. Well, that works. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel anytime. Get 20% off your first monthly Box of Awesome when you sign up at boxofawesome.com. Enter the code STU at checkout. It's boxofawesome.com. Code is STU for 20% off your first box. Boxofawesome.com. Code is STU. Normally we do guest segments here, uh, but yesterday I rambled so long that we really didn't get any time to spend with the Joe Biden interview from 60 Minutes. So I clear out the guests. Let's make our guest today Joe Biden and go through some of his 60 Minutes interview from this weekend because there's a lot to dine on. Uh, There's a lot of good eating on this particular interview. Just, I mean, an incoherent mess. We'll go through a bunch of it here. Let's start off with uh, Joe Biden... You know, he doesn't have a very good approval rating. I don't know if you've noticed this. It's uh, people don't approve of him, who he is, what he's done, the job performance, none of it. They just don't approve. So why is that, Joe? Here's here's that exchange. Your approval rating mm-hmm. in the country yeah. is well below 50 percent, like 2 percent. And I wonder why you think that is. Hmm. This is a really difficult time. Oh, we're time. at an inflection point in the history of this country. Oh, okay. We're going to make decisions, and we're making decisions now, that are going to determine what we're going to look like in the next 10 years from now. That's what we're worried about. That is what we are. We're terrified that you're making decisions that will affect us 10 years from now. And that's a best-case scenario, because they seem to be affecting us every 10 minutes. Kind of shocking uh, to hear. So let's go through. Is that true? Is that fair? Is it fair to say that this time is the problem? Is it the time that's the issue here? The time. Well, one thing he has had to deal with is a pandemic. Now, of course, he ran for president in the middle of the pandemic. So he knew it was coming. I mean, he was he was already in the, he could have dropped out at any time if he did not want to face tough times as president. But he decided to go for it. Now we are at a point place later on where things have turned around a little bit, not really because of what Joe Biden has done. But he, of course, is hoping to take credit for that, hoping you will give him credit for that as we come close to the election. Here he is with Scott Pelley talking about, is this pandemic still going on? Is the pandemic over? The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's, but the pandemic is over. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody hmm. seems to be in pretty good shape. And so I think it's changing, and I think this is a perfect example of it. Hmm. No one's wearing masks, and everyone seems in pretty good shape. That, that was a situation, like, in 2020 here in Texas. So I don't know when you thought the pandemic was over. When was the pandemic really over? 
What's the date you'd put on it? I don't know. I mean, the pandemic was real. It happened. Uh, You know, people are still dying, but we've come to a place where we understand what the disease is and you can take as little or as many precautions as you would choose. I think that's the right thing. I mean, I think you could argue that it was over. Some people might say after Omicron, where kind of everybody has had it. I had a friend who I was talking to today who just got COVID. First time, two and a half years. It feels like there's not many of those people left, or at least, you know, not many, at least at this point. Most people have had it at some point or another. And the Omicron thing kind of I think that that's what the left might indicate as a time. Okay, it's it's over. Everyone kind of got it. Their attitude changed once Omicron hit, it seemed to me, at least. Um, I think the, the fair point to argue when the pandemic was over was when treatments were available to everybody who wanted them. You didn't have to get them. But if you wanted them and they were available to everybody, a a treatment that I mean, there is people say, well, I don't like the you know, some people like the vaccine. Some people don't. And I just don't find that to be all that material to the conversation. Right. Ask anybody about covid. They will tell you there's something they believe works. It might be the vaccines. It might be uh, hydroxychloroquine. It might be ivermectin. It might be vitamin D. It might be exercise. It might be uh, the Jewish space laser, whatever it is. Some, you've got some idea that you can get rid of COVID or at least minimize its effects if you want. Maybe you think you need to be triple masked. Maybe you need, think you need to be living in an iron lung. Whatever, you, whatever treatment you want, it's now available. And that's what, March 2021 probably is the area, a year after the real flare-up of COVID. Some people would say, I mean, look, I might be an extreme example here. I mean, I am on the blaze. We are, of course, all extremists here. But, you know, I went out to an indoor meal on May 1st, 2020. You know, six weeks after the shutdown, We opened up at 25% capacity at restaurants here in Texas, and I was there opening night, May 1st, 2020, myself, my family, out at a restaurant. I say that to my friends who live in New York, and they look at me like I'm completely insane, but it felt like, it did not feel like it was over on that day. It was very creepy, honestly, to be in the restaurant, and everyone was terrified, uh, including the waitstaff. But the bottom line is, people were there, they were out, They 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 were trying to get back to normal life, and over this, after we had a, a summer flare up here in Texas, and once that that was gone, it really was restrictions were largely lifted and things got back to normal. Probably early fall. I mean, my, I've said this before. My kids went back to school uh, on in August 2020 uh, last, as scheduled. So I know if you're in New York, you might have had your kid quadruple masked last week. Eh, things are different in other places of the country. I will also say this. If it's true the pandemic is over, according to Joe Biden, he should probably tell Joe Biden, who just justified one trillion dollars of giveaways without going to Congress with his uh, loan uh, giveaway that he just did, the loan um, uh, debt relief thing that he did, student loans. uh, That was all justified because we have a pandemic. So if the pandemic's over, he shouldn't be doing that. I don't know how he's going to get this through the courts, especially after admitting the premise for the policy does not exist. Let's listen to him talk now about inflation. Uh, This is obviously a big topic of conversation. It continues to be high. And Joe Biden, he had to know these questions were coming, though you wouldn't necessarily know that by the way he responded. Is the economy going to get worse before it gets better? No, I don't think so. We hope we can have what they say 
a soft landing, a transition to a place where we don't lose the gains that Iran to make in the first place for middle class folks being able to generate good paying jobs and expansion. And at the same time, uh, make sure that we uh, uh, we are able to continue to grow. And you would tell the American people that inflation is going to continue to decline. No, I'm telling the American people that we're going to get control of inflation. Mm, he couldn't uh, couldn't quite commit to that one. But this is one of the things I really like about Joe Biden in interviews is that he has a, a he's been around a long time. He's done a lot of interviews. He has a general recognition as to what would work in an interview situation. Right. And that is quick, definitive answers. You know, is the is the economy going to get worse before it gets better? No. I don't think so. And it's like, well, that felt good when he was saying it to Scott Pelley. When, when the, the markets go down by 2,000 points over the next few weeks or uh, inflation numbers continue to skyrocket, that's going to be in every Republican ad because he has no idea whether it's going to get worse. I mean, everything is, it certainly seems like it's going to get worse. There was a time where a lot of economists really did buy the transitory inflation thing, and uh, we, were, we weren't really in a recession. A lot of them still actually believe that, even though it was mainly Biden administration spin. A lot of people say, this, if this is a recession, it's a really weird-looking recession right now. However, what they are saying is, within the next year, we're probably going to, into a recession. So they might say we haven't entered it yet, but they are saying it is coming. Uh, gener- that's the overwhelming majority of economists who believe that's true. Now, that's not always right. Maybe Joe Biden will turn out to be right and we won't go into a deeper economic funk. But, man, it does seem like it's on the other side of the corner. Have you seen housing prices lately? I mean, they are th- things are reversing here. So we'll see if this winds up burning him. He also was asked about the 8.3 percent inflation. And he said, ah, it's not that bad. Mr. President, as you know, last Tuesday, the annual inflation rate came in at 8.3%. The stock market nosedived. Mm-hmm. People are shocked, shocked by their grocery bills. Mm-hmm. What can you do better and faster? Well, first of all, let's put this in perspective. Yeah, let's do that. Inflation rate month to month was just a, 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 just an inch, oh, an hardly inch. at all. That's not You're not arguing that 8.3 is good news. No, I'm not saying it is good news, but it was 8.2 or 8.2 before. I mean, it's not, you're, maybe I can make it sound like all of a sudden, my God, it went to 8.2%. It's, been, it's the highest inflation rate, Mr. President, in 40 years. I got that, but guess what we are? We're in a position where for the last several months it hasn't spiked. It has just barely, it's been basically even. Hmm. That's not a defense. In case you're wondering, like, that's, that's not a defense. That's like, uh, like, let's say you went out on a bender and you got absolutely plastered on a Monday night. And then you went and you got absolutely plastered again on a Tuesday night. But you had two more drinks than the night before. And then the next night, you got plastered again, but you had four more drinks. And then Thursday night, you got plastered again, you had one additional drink from Wednesday night. And then on Friday night, you had plastered again, and you only had two additional drinks from Thursday night. And then your wife said to you, hey, uh, you know, this is getting out of control. And you say, what? I'm only up one drink from last night. Like, that's a terrible argument. You, well, it's, it's not like I'm spiking my drinking. I've been drinking this much almost every single day. That's not a defense. 
The idea that his defense is it's been happening for a really long time, so it's not spiking. It's just been at a high level forever. That's not a defense. That's something to keep with on your inside voice. He's not good at this. If there was a spike, if it was just one random Wednesday, you went out and get plastered, then you might have an argument to say, hey, it was one night, one crazy night. It's not going to happen again. It was transitory alcoholism. But this is every single night, guys. It's becoming a problem. How about uh, Taiwan? He went, this is, a, this is becoming comical with Taiwan. I don't know what's going on here, guys. I don't understand what is happening. Here is the president talking about the U.S. policy toward Taiwan for, I don't know, the 50th time and giving the 50th different answer. If there's one China policy, then Taiwan makes their own judgments about their independence. We are not moving. We're not encouraging them being independent. We're not let, that's their decision. But would U.S. forces defend the island? Yes, if in fact there was an unprecedented attack. After our interview, a White House official told us U.S. policy has not changed. Officially, the U.S. will not say whether American forces would defend Taiwan. They just did. But the commander-in-chief had a view of his own. So unlike Ukraine, to be clear, sir, U.S. forces, U.S. men and women, would defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion? Yes. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on here. The president of the United States, before he had these issues came up, our policy is no, not that we are saying that the U.S. forces would uh, defend Taiwan. That is not our policy. And he's blurted this out a couple times with questions. And of course, like our our sort of vibe, if you want to do a vibe check of, of our, uh, our decision, our situation with Taiwan is to say, yeah, you know, like we're on their side and we want them to be independent. And we're kind of we're vibing with Taiwan. And that's been our, our, our vibe for a while. People kind of know we're on Taiwan's side. So you, it might be excused. I mean, it's a horrible mistake, but it might be excused for a president one time to kind of say, yeah, yeah, we'll defend him. And then realize, oh, my God, I'm not supposed to say that publicly, even though that might be what I believe. And so um, walking it back and never make that mistake again. He had made that mistake three or four different times before this. This one's totally different. He is asked specifically, and then not only is he asked about U.S. forces specifically, not just that we would defend them, but U.S. forces specifically, he is then given the opportunity to, to ex- explain it with the, the example of Ukraine, which he says we're not using U.S. forces. He says, what about Ukraine? I mean, we're not sending them in there. We're sending them uh, other things, weapons, support, information, all of that. Is that what you mean with Taiwan? And he says, no. What I mean with Taiwan is we're sending U.S. forces in if China invades. And then seconds after, once again, we have the White House coming in and saying, holy crap, that's not what he meant to say. Well, that is what he meant to say. He said it directly multiple times. I mean, is it that someone else is making the decisions on our foreign policy? Is it that uh, that Joe Biden is not the president of the United States or not operating in that capacity? Is it that the president of the United States disagrees with his own policy? Is it that the president of the United States is so incoherent he doesn't know what his own policy is? I, I don't know. This is we're talking about the this topic is the, the potential starter for a world war. You should probably know what you're talking about. And yet over and over and over again, this has happened. And this is by far the worst example of it. 
uh, it's getting worse, guys. His incoherence is getting worse. And Scott Pelley did ask him about that. Are you fit for the job? Now, of course, the answer is very easy, and he could have done what he did before, just say no and just stop. But this time he decided to give a BS answer. Mr. President, you are the oldest president ever. Pretty good shape, huh? Which leads to my next question. You are more aware of this than anyone. Some people ask whether you are fit for the job. Mm -hmm. And when you hear that, I wonder what you think. Watch me. Yeah, but that's the how would you say your mental focus is? It's focused. (laughs) Is it focused? And you just I I think it's. I I haven't. Look. Look. I have trouble even mentioning, Mentioning. even saying to myself my own head the number of years. I no more think of myself as being as old as I am than fly. I mean, it's just not. uh, uh, I I haven't observed anything in terms of. There's not things I don't do now that I did before, whether it's physical or mental or anything else. What, what, what was he saying there? Every time I, I watch an interview with Joe Biden, I, because, you know, I, I started uh, as a uh, producer for Glenn, and I would watch Glenn do these interviews, and they, sometimes I'd be worried if he was going to say something crazy. Uh, and many times he would. And we'd be sitting backstage and just be like, oh, no, we, don't say that. Don't you see what they're trying to do to you? And, you know, you, you want to protect Glenn from being assaulted by the media, which basically was impossible. Uh, here, I, I picture the aides to the president of the United States watching this. This is a question about his mental fitness. And he says, I would no longer I would no longer see myself as a fly. What, what, what the hell did he say? Does anybody understand what he was even going for there? Was he saying that a fly doesn't think about how old they are? Was he saying that he thinks he can fly now? He's going to jump out the window and maybe if he flaps his wings hard enough, it might work. I don't even know. I can't even tell what he's going for anymore, let alone if he landed it. This is why his approval rating is bad. And when he says, hey, when they say, hey, why do people think that you're so incompetent with the job? And he says, watch me. That's exactly why they think you're incompetent with the job. This is the problem. They've watched you. They've seen you do this for too long. You're not good at it. They're wondering why. They think you can't possibly be this bad at it. You can't possibly be this much of a failure. No, they just assume, and this is a nice way of saying it, you're just completely uh, senile. They think you're senile, and that's why you're doing such a bad job. I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe that's why, or maybe he's just terrible at this job. Whatever it is, uh, he sucks, and uh, everybody in America sees it, and we are all disturbed by it. Look, you're acting as if the merch prices at studosmerch.com are just you know, skyrocketed recently. No, they've been very high for a long, long time. And that should make you feel much, much better about it. Actually, unlike the inflation situation, we've decided to take a step to give you 10% off all the merch in our store. We would love for you to use that. The code is STU10. If you go to studosmerch.com, you got the Andrew Cuomo is awful stuff. Wokeness is weakness. Nancy Pelosi sucks. Pens, senility now, Joe Biden shirts, which people seem to like quite a bit. Uh, you can get 10% off right now using that code STU10. We also have the uh, 62422 commemorating the overturning of Roe versus Wade. All that stuff's available now. studosmerch.com. The code is STU10.
Buying or selling a home is already one of the most stressful things you can do, and it can be worse if you're not working with the right agent, especially in a time like this. You know, I was mentioning the home prices right now. Or, I don't know, are we changing? Is, are things changing from a buyer's market to a seller's market right now? It kind of seems that way. Some of the stats are moving that way. We could be on the beginning of something that's going to change, uh, change your financial situation for a long, long time. You want to talk to a real estate agent, and you want to make sure you have a good one, someone who understands, hey, this is, the, this is the offer to take. This is the offer to turn down. Uh, some people, you know, someone on your side when you're buying that says, hey, you don't need to offer that much right now. This isn't six months ago when the market was crazily hot. You can offer a little bit below asking price maybe. Realestateagentsitrust.com is a place to go to find that person. They'll get you, uh, the, you know, all connected with the right person. Just give them a little bit of info and they'll contact you to make the introduction to the preferred agent in your town. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now, realestateagentsitrust.com. I was presented with an opportunity that I can't pass up at oh, this network. Really? And we have a new boss who um, <laughs> is a morning show impresario. Right. And he wants a morning show that will kick off the editorial direction of the network every single day. You're and I am yourself, honored that he asked me to do it. And mm-hmm. for all of those who are out there saying, oh, he moved me and without my... He asked me and I said yes. I could have said no. This mm-hmm. is my show. Mm-hmm. I have a contract for this show. Right. I decided that I would take him up on that and take this journey with him. So mm. this is not someone moving me. And by the way, this no. is not someone saying you must move to the right, Don Lemon. You must not be so um, give so much of your perspective. None of that has happened. All of that is fodder for this is Twitter, which is not real. So stop it. I was not demoted. None of that. This is an opportunity. This is a promotion. Uh, can you have you ever heard anyone convince themselves of anything like that before? That is that is embarrassing, man. Now, of course, if you remember, Chris Cuomo became a primetime host after he was the morning show host and they presented that as a promotion. But now also when you move from primetime to the morning show slot, that's also a promotion. Which doesn't say did it seem like he was convincing himself of something there that uh Poor Don. I mean, look, I think what Don uh, correctly has recognized here is, look, they're they're letting me stay, which they shouldn't. They should obviously be kicking me out of the door like they have so many others. I'm obviously an embarrassment to this network. The fact that they're giving me any chance to do anything on this network is a is a thrilling opportunity. So in that sense, it is sort of a promotion. He should have nothing and no job. And he has this, which uh, but it's not a promotion from his current job. Obviously, he's now going to be go to a, like a panel show in the morning, which, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Good luck to, to Don and, and all, of his, uh, all of his talents that, uh, that he, can, he can take to the morning show as he promotes himself to the, the, morning, the morning show. I, it's not a demotion. It's not. It's not. It's not. Stop saying it is. Stop it. Stop it, people on Twitter. Stop saying it's a demotion. It's not. And that doesn't bother me. Twitter's not real, even though I'm on it all the time. It's not. It doesn't bother me at all, except I'm addressing it on my show with a random lady who's sitting here nodding. I think she may be my therapist. I'm not sure who she is. I've never seen her before, but she's probably going to get the job that I currently have. But that would be a demotion for her and a promotion for me. I'm Don Lemon. Good night. As you know, this show is known for giving back to the community and its public service. So at this time, I want to give you a public service announcement. Don't cook your chicken in NyQuil. Apparently, that's a new thing. Don't eat the Tide Pods. Don't overdose on Benadryl. 
and don't cook your chicken in NyQuil. That's gonna, that's not a good idea. Now, if you wanna have chicken NyQuil with a topping of Tide Pods and a side of Benadryl, that's probably fine, but don't, don't eat them separately. That's just crazy.